Straw Hut Media. When you think of Halloween icons, a couple of names come to mind. The charming vampire Dracula, the horrifying masked Michael Myers, maybe the green monster inspired by Mary Shelley's Frankenstein novel. In honor of the spookiest time of the year, we wanted to bring a special guest to the show. She's a sexy, campy horror icon and the mistress of darkness herself, Elvira. Beloved for her vampire sex appeal and satire, Elvira has been in numerous films and even inspired a comic book character. The woman behind the darkness, Cassandra Peterson, has been sitting on her throne as the queen of Halloween for 40 years. But a recent revelation in Cassandra's new memoir has us falling in love with Elvira all over again. Cassandra is queer and has been in a relationship with a woman for almost two decades. Today, we speak with Cassandra about creating the character Elvira, her decision to come out, and how Elvira is celebrating the spooky season. I'm Cassandra Peterson, and this is Pride. Cassandra was born to farming parents in 1951 in Manhattan, Kansas, but she's well known by her stage name. Otherwise known as Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Elvira was introduced to audiences in 1981, four decades ago, as the television host of Elvira's Movie Macabre, a program where the hostess introduces old horror movies. Mama's home. Before becoming Elvira, Cassandra's lifestyle was less flashy makeup and high heels and more muddy boots and herding cattle. Because I think a lot of people go, oh, she's a Hollywood celebrity. She didn't ever have to work or do anything. You know, it's like, no, 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 no. You know, I started out on a farm in Kansas. My parents were literally dirt poor. And um, when I was uh, on the farm, I climbed up on a chair when I was 18 months old to, I guess, look at some eggs that my mother was boiling for Easter. And she had a big metal pot up there. I must have lost my balance and I grabbed the pot and pulled it over on me. So 35% uh, of my body was burned, third degree burns. Um, I really, really barely, barely lived. They actually left me in the little hospital in Manhattan, Kansas. Cassandra stayed at the hospital for several days with doctors concerned she wouldn't survive the incident. Back then, if you were burned pretty much 25% of your body, you didn't survive it because of the infection. And when I was still alive a couple days later, they told my dad to get me to Kansas City as fast as he could uh, to this big burn center that happened to be there, uh, which was a really lucky, <laughs> lucky thing for me. And uh, they used this new derivative of penicillin that had never been used, and they just shot me full of this stuff. I mean, so full that today I can't take penicillin because it's like taking water for me. Um, so they shot me full of this stuff, and lo and behold, I stayed alive. And then I went through many months of skin grafting, where they removed the skin from my thighs and stomach and put it on my neck and shoulders and back. Cassandra had severe scarring over a lot of her body, but luckily... I only got burned 
uh, on all the parts that Elvira does not have to show off. <laughs> but growing up, the other kids at school noticed that Cassandra looked different because of her scars. The scars were purple and red and very, very raised. They would call her a monster and even made up rhymes on the playground about her appearance. I literally heard some kids doing a jump rope thing that had the words in it that, that something about me being a monster, literally. And, and here I am. Monsters are my friends. <laughs> Cassandra's love for elaborate costumes and stage performers started at a young age, as did her love for the city of Las Vegas. I was obsessed with the movie Viva Las Vegas that starred Elvis Presley and Anne Margaret. And I mean, when I say obsessed, I mean, I thought about it every day. I watched it a million times, dreamed about it at night. They dreamed about it in the day. And so when my parents were headed for uh, California, I begged to go along with them. Uh, well, we stopped in Las Vegas. Cassandra was only 17 at the time, but that didn't stop her from asking her parents to take her to a tits and feathers show. I didn't call it that to my parents, believe me, but um, so they uh, let me, I, I dressed up, I put a little wiglet on, I put tons of eyelashes and high heels and their super low cut, uh, you know, sexy uh, outfit. And I had a fake ID. So I went with my mom and dad to see the show and we sat down in about the worst seats they had. My dad tipped them a dollar and that got us into the corner. And uh, uh, we were sitting there and the maitre d' came over and asked me if I was in one of the shows. And I was like, oh my God, no, no, uh, no, not really. I was afraid I was gonna get busted. And you know, me and my parents would end up in the slammer. Um, so I tried to ignore him kind of. And a few minutes later, the dance captain came out and asked me if I would come backstage with her where she asked me to dance to a record that she put on, she and the stage manager. And I did. And they said, if you go and see the producer tomorrow, you could audition for him. And uh, we have new shows opening up called Viva La Girls, which is really strange because Viva Las Vegas, now I'm getting to be in Viva La Girls. And um, I auditioned the next day and I got the job. So I had three more months to go home and finish high school and make my parents' life a living hell because they didn't really want me to be dancing around semi-naked on stage at 17. But I finally uh, tortured them into signing the document that would allow me to do that. Immediately after graduating high school, she drove back to Las Vegas, where she became a showgirl in Frederick Apcar's production of Eva La Girls at the Dunes Hotel. She became Las Vegas' youngest showgirl at that time, at the age of 17. And I ended up meeting Elvis, uh, and Anne Margaret, both while I was there. So that entire movie just uh, completely came through. It did. It was so bizarre. Cassandra also brought her showgirl role to the big screen when she starred in the James Bond film Diamonds Are Forever and played a dancer in the 1974 film The Working Girls. She did it all. She was a lead singer in two Italian rock bands, Latin's 80 and The Snails starred in the film Roma, toured the U.S. with a musical comedy act called Mama's Boys, before she settled in Los Angeles at an improvisational troupe known as the Groundlings. It's here that she likely picked up the persona that would later carry her into the character of Elvira. I heard about the job um, for a horror host here in a local, at a local television station in LA. 
I heard about it when I was on my honeymoon uh, in 1981, and I did not want to come back for it. But uh, I got home a couple weeks later, and they were still looking for someone to host these sort of god-awful horror movies that they had. And um, I went in for the audition. There were many other women there. And unfortunately, I was not dressed spooky, but they all were. Uh, so I really thought my chances were less than zero. But I somehow got the job. I think it had to do with my comedy improv background. I'd been in the groundlings for the previous four and a half years. And um, I ended up getting the audition. And then my best friend and I came up with a look. And uh, yeah, and here I am 40 years later, still doing it. The Elvira we know and love has jet black hair, a smoky eye, and red lips. Think Morticia Adams from The Adams Family, but sexier. We didn't want to, you know, when they said you have to look spooky, we didn't want to do the regular old black dress, black hair, you know, that go down that same road. We thought, let's do something different. And um, <clears throat> my friend Robert Redding um, at the time, uh, he, he and I both loved the movie that Sharon Tate had starred in, uh, The Fearless Vampire Killers. So we thought we'd go with a look uh, like Sharon Tate in that movie. And that was like a diaphanous pink sheer gown that was kind of tattered and then pale face, long red hair, and, you know, kind of a dead girl makeup look. And that's what we wanted to do. But the station, the minute we took the, the drawing that he did, the sketch, and they were like, no, 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 it has to be all black. You have to wear a black dress. You have to have black hair. Forced to think inside the box, Cassandra had to get creative to bring to life a character different from the previous host, Vampira. So we tried to 80s it up a little bit, you know. We put a little, uh, some leather bracelets in there with studs on them, and, and uh, of course, made the cleavage as insanely low as we could, see if we could get away with that. That's always good for ratings, we knew that. And uh, we were surprised they let us keep the cleavage. He kind of just drew it that way. And then we were actually shocked when we took the picture in and the, the studio manager said, um, yeah, that, that's okay, but can you raise the slit on the leg a little bit higher? And we were like, okay, it's your station, whatever you want. And uh, we did that and there you go. With a wig, a full face of makeup and a new wardrobe, Cassandra said taking on the role of Elvira is a lot like drag. I felt like I'm a drag queen since the second I started that. I honestly, I think all my life I felt like I was a gay man. That's the weird part. I hung out with so many gay men that I think I just became one. And and I am definitely a drag queen. People ask me about that and I say, there's no difference between me and a drag queen. We all wear the same hair and the makeup and the dress and the push up things. The only difference is that I don't tuck, you know? And that's about it. Elvira challenges audiences' expectations by demonstrating that looks are often deceiving, reaffirming the adage that you should never judge a book by its cover. She's someone who first surprises viewers with her appearance before putting them at ease with her sarcasm and sexual innuendos. She's not in a supporting role for the male characters. She's an empowered character who takes control of the narrative and jokes surrounding her sex and appearance. She's always making fun of herself but I think when people look past the cleavage and the weird makeup and hair, that they sometimes overlook the fact that Elvira is actually 
knows what she's doing in a strange way, uh, knows how to do it, and kind of uh, does it all for herself. She doesn't wait for anybody to do it for her or to rescue her from the wacky situations she gets in. She just uh, lays it all out there, you know, on her own. Elvira was the first horror host ever to be syndicated nationally. She went on to create self-titled movies, Halloween albums, books, and countless products. In September 2010, Elvira's movie Macabre returned to television syndication, this time with public domain films. In 2014, Elvira moved to streaming services. Her new 13-episode series, 13 Nights of Elvira, premiered on Hulu. Cassandra's own everyday look could not be more different from her character, Elvira. If you saw her out on the street, you probably wouldn't recognize her. I'm telling you, I could walk into a giant crowd and no one would know it was me. I'd walk around uh, comic cons and stuff looking at what was going on and nobody would know it was me back then. Uh, now I think, you know, they're seeing me more and they've seen me more over the years. So they're kind of putting two and two together once in a while, but still not even that frequently. So that was awesome, actually, because it was great to be a celebrity when you wanted to be one and be a regular person when you didn't want to be one. When it comes to the personality of Cassandra and Elvira, she used to say they had nothing in common. People would say, are there any characteristics that you two share? And I go, no, none. She is this and I am that. And then one day I came to realize that Elvira is really a part of my personality and that part is my teenage self. I think when I was like 14 to 17, I was kind of this loudmouth, smart ass, don't take any shit from anybody kind of teenager. I was really tough. And um, I think Elvira, I think I honestly channeled that part of my personality off into this character of Elvira. I really believe she is my teenage self. So, so yeah, there are similarities and stuff, but it, it's, it's great to keep the two separate. When we come back, coming out, her new book, and what Elvira is up to this Halloween. Welcome back. Today we're chatting with Cassandra Peterson, who brought to life our favorite horror hostess, Elvira, the Mistress of Darkness. After four decades of stardom, Cassandra came out to her fans as queer when she published her memoir, Yours Cruelly, Elvira. I really thought about writing my book for almost more than 15 years. I, my fans would always say, when are you going to write your autobiography? And my friends used to beg me to tell my life story because they said it's so bizarre. Nobody's going to believe it. Um, so I thought about it for a long, long time. And then I finally sat down and, you know, did the actual work. The memoir gives readers a look at the woman behind the Queen of Halloween. It details her upbringing, her rocky relationship with her mother, and her road to Hollywood. But what fans weren't expecting was to be introduced to Teresa Wearson, T, Cassandra's longtime girlfriend. Well, there were a lot of things in my book that I had to think long and hard about putting in the book. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, there were a number of those things, but I decided if I'm going to tell the story of my life, then I'm gonna tell it and I'm gonna say everything that I've never said. I'm gonna just spill it all out there, you know, and 
and why write an autobiography and keep all of that to yourself and not tell anyone? So there were a number of things like that, but I, I really figured, if not now, when am I going to tell that story? Before publishing the book, Cassandra was worried about how her fans would react. With Elvira being well-known as a sex icon and her previous marriage to her manager, Mark Pearson, everyone already had this idea of Cassandra. It was a big decision, and I'm glad I actually waited till now, because I don't want to take any of the mystery away from the character. I really didn't. I kept my private life very private, because I did want Elvira to be, she's this entity to her own, you know, and I didn't want to screw it up and water it down with my life, you know, I'm married, I have a baby, or now I have a, you know, a, a partner, a female partner. I didn't want all that to come in and sort of you know, taint the brand in a way, you know. But it had to come out sometime. Cassandra and T had lived in the shadows for nearly two decades, and she knew things needed to change. Not telling people about that was such a weird feeling. I'm always introducing my partner as my assistant, and it, it feels bad for her, it felt bad for me. Um, and I just was looking forward to the day when I didn't have to do that, and we didn't have to pretend to be something we're not, you know? Um, so it was really a gigantic relief for both of us. So far it's been fantastic, and the outpouring of love from the, especially from the gay community, has been amazing. Cassandra and T have been together for more than 19 years. When they initially met, the horror hostess mistook T for a man. In her memoir, she said, Often when I was doing my pre-workout on the treadmill, I couldn't help noticing one particular trainer, tan, tattooed, and muscular, stalking across the gym floor, knit cap pulled so low over his long brown hair that it nearly covered his eyes. Dark and brooding, he gave off such intense energy that when we crossed the enormous gym floor, the waters parted, and people stopped in their tracks to stare. Cassandra realized her partner was actually a woman after encountering her in the women's locker room. A friendship formed, but eventually became romantic after Cassandra's 25-year marriage to a man ended. T had also just gone through a breakup and showed up at her house one rainy night. How fitting. After that, Cassandra noticed she had this desire to kiss T. She wrote, I think I was even more surprised. What the hell was I doing? I'd never been interested in women as anything other than friends. I felt so confused. This just wasn't me. I was stunned that I'd been friends with her for so many years and never noticed our chemistry. I soon discovered that we connected sexually in a way I'd never experienced. Which is a great story, right? Good enough to be an Elvira storyline one day. Maybe. I think it's already been done in Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> they show up in a, rain, a rainy night, you know, uh, end up with a, you know, transsexual, transvestite, whatever uh, 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 Frankenfurter called himself. But yeah, there is a little element of that. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Elvira is, Elvira is, uh, uh, she's pretty straight, man, I'll tell you. She's a big horn dog, but. She is after guys all the time, so I don't know if that would ever leak over into the Elvira world. I think that part's probably going to stay with uh, me. There are a lot of drag queens who impersonate you, specifically during the month of October, as you would imagine. Have, yeah. have you had any run-ins with Elviras in the wild that really um, 
left an impact on you? Well, the main one that really left an impact on me is my, uh, the guy that does my social media, Christian Grinia, and he's, he's uh, a, a, a part-time drag queen known as Cassandra Fever. And he is a fantastic, and I mean fantastic, Elvira drag queen. We have some footage that I don't know if it's him or me. That's how weird it is. He even talks in my voice. It's so bizarre, but uh, because he was a, my drag queen, we became friends. I met him when he was really young. Then he started doing Elvira drag and we became really close. I call him my illegitimate son. And uh, he does all my social media for me and he does a fantastic job on it because he knows me inside and out. He knows everything about me. And he's been in on the Elvira gig, doing my wigs and, and helping me um, uh, with everything, with my, my previous book that was of photos, Elvira photos, my coffin table book. And, and he just, he knows more information about me than I do, I think. So yeah, that was a, a major thing. A, a drag queen becomes my, uh, my alter ego almost. Just like December for Santa Claus, October is Cassandra's busy season. Well, <laughs> it's the month where I pack like one year's worth of work into one month. And I'm not kidding. I start working at sometimes five, six in the morning and finish late at night. And that's about seven days a week during October. During the rest of the year, I'm getting everything set up and I do all the business end of Elvira, the licensing, merchandising. Of course, I have a great team that does it with me. It's the time of year where Cassandra and Elvira become one in the same. Cassandra said she's always had a soft spot for the fall season. Halloween was always, always my favorite holiday, even as a child, because my mom and my aunt owned a costume shop. So that was our big, big holiday. It was when my mom made most of her money and um, when our whole family came and pitched in at the costume shop and when I got to wear fabulous costumes because they would make them for me. Um, so so Halloween, you know, Halloween turning out to be the main source of my income, the main source of my pleasure, everything is kind of, I think that was meant to be because it always has been but now i do have a little bit of a love-hate relationship with halloween because i mean i i love halloween on one hand and on the other hand i'm working my ass off during that month i don't really get to go to parties or wear a different costume or you know open the door for trick-or-treaters or anything <laughs> it's kind of like bummer dude all the fun parts went away that's because you are the fun part for everyone else yeah, exactly. Somebody has to do it. Somebody has to do it. It might as well be me. If you're looking for more Elvira in your life, this is your lucky year. Cassandra said she's busier this year with projects than she's ever been. But how can you get involved? For one, pick up the book, Yours Cruelly Elvira. I have a thousand copies here behind me. And uh, um, for another, I'm on Shudder streaming on Shudder, where I host four awesome, awesome horror movies. One being Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, which is the best one of all. And I'm also doing an episode of The Goldbergs uh, this last week of Halloween. I'm on billboards all over the country for Netflix. Um, uh, you know, kind of hawking their uh, movies that are coming out all month long, their horror movies. So 
it's like an exciting uh, year for me, maybe the biggest year I've ever had. But the most important question to ask the Halloween queen is, if she's on a date with the most dashing creature of the night, who's sitting opposite her? You know, I think I have to go with Dracula because I mean, come on, it's so sexy. I mean, he's a vampire and there have been female Draculas, like one of my favorite old, old, old movies is Dracula's Daughter. And there's always this sexiness involved. They're not just a monster, you know, stomping through places, leaving mayhem in their wake. They are so dark and sexy and smooth. So I am going to go with Dracula. Pride is a production of Straw Hut Media. If you like the show, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Then follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Pride, and tune in weekly for new episodes. Be sure to share this episode with your friends and subscribe for more stories from amazing queer people. Subscribe. Seriously, hit the button. Subscribe. Do it. Leave a review. A positive one. I don't want any negative reviews. If you'd like to connect with me, you can follow me everywhere at Levi Chambers. Pride is produced by me. Levi Chambers, Maggie Bowles, Ryan Tillotson, Caitlin McDaniel, and Brandon Marlowe. Edited by Silvana Alcala and Daniel Ferreira. Sound mixing by Silvana Alcala. I mean, I would imagine, to be honest with you, growing up, I didn't know. I honestly thought Elvira was Elvira in real life. Like, that's just, <laughs> I just pictured this person who lived in, like, you know, the haunted house on the hill. Yeah and was like a real life monsters. <laughs>